All right. Uh, welcome back to Spooky Mountain. I'm Steph. And I'm Jody. And thanks again for listening to our newest episode this week. How are you going, Steph? Yeah, I'm good, Jody. How Yay. are you? I'm good. I am. Yes, good. I am fantastic. I am well rested today. Feel like that's good. What feels like the first time in like weeks and weeks. I'm well rested. Feeling a bit more normal. A bit more normal, and I'm like mm. jiving off the back of a massive coffee as well oh, so i'm shoot. like i'm okay. so g'd up for this okay. episode i'm like i'm, I'm saying, ready like, half to go a giant tub of yogurt before we started i was like oh fuck i've got a I was that your this- dinner no no i i had um i made ramen for dinner Ooh, which yeah. was really good yeah it just it, it was good but it just didn't hit the spot and i yeah. thought look because usually after we record i yeah. just crash out and yes. i just go to sleep and i was like i need yeah. to fit in some bloody dessert and I had this, <laughs> you know that really fancy yogurt that's like mixed berries and it's like almost mm-hmm. like double cream oh i yes. can't i don't or know is it like a fruit or something it's, it's like, very expensive, but I yeah. only get it when it's on sale and it's so hectic. Oh, but I get the blueberry yum. one and I just literally put like five tablespoons in my mouth and I was like, all right, let's get to you it. You are ready to go. You probably got <laughs> a sugar high. I'm on a coffee yeah. high. We're crazy. We're wild. I'm, I'm feeling wild. Oh <laughs> we're, we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. You um, know what happened mm-hmm, a couple happened? hours ago, which mm-hmm. was really exciting. Well, look, I say it's exciting, but this is just – I don't know what the fuck happened, but me and Dylan were in the backyard stargazing, as we do. Just the we had a really big storm, as you know, New South Wales has had yep. this huge storm. Today was pretty stormy, and then this afternoon it cleared up, and we could see the stars, and we just usually take advantage of that and look for UFOs because that's what we fucking do. Oh, that's so lovely. That's very romantic. That's a I great know. We had thing a VB in hand, and we were oh, just, that is just so standing nice. there under the washing line. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's quite romantic, actually. Yeah, that's uh, lovely. But we weren't talking at all. We were just, like, both staring in different <laughs> directions. And I was looking over this one spot and I was like, oh, my God, Dylan, what the fuck is that? And it was literally just – it It looks like it was just above the clouds. So there was a few clouds around mm. and it was a white light and it was really bright and it was mm. kind of – it looked like it was blinking, but the longer I looked at it, I think it was just very bright. You know, like a star kind of like it looks yeah. like it's flickering. Yeah. And it was moving very fast, but not fast enough where it would have been a shooting star or mm. like a satellite. A satellite, or like that. yeah. It was. It looked too low down and too big, and it was completely silent and just went like we we watched it for probably like. 15 seconds wow like yeah it was weird it would that's really strange it It was the weirdest thing because we were like and usually dylan's the one that's very skeptical he's like yeah like as much as he loves aliens and everything Mm. he's always like look that's that's probably a satellite yeah he was like oh good spotting I don't know what oh, the fuck that was. So and I was even like, he thought it was a bit strange. Yeah, yeah. He oh, was like, I don't know what that shit. was. He's like, if that was a satellite, it would have been way higher up. Oh, uh, and satellites are so um, like you can tell yeah. by the way they move and the light and everything. It's yeah, quite obvious it that it's a satellite. Not, and I've seen plenty of satellites and shooting stars before, Planes but this just and, didn't yeah. look 
like that at all. It was interesting, oh. but yeah, and then we're all just like hyped up, and I was all like, all right. up, and then yeah. you had your yogurt, and you're even more hyped up. Yeah, then. <laughs> my yogurt. Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> that's so funny. You know what? I've yeah. been my mind has been very, very like UFO-y lately. I don't know if maybe like we spoke, or maybe it was. It's probably because of. La- from last, last week. week. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. The other day I had like the most intense UFO dream. Oh. It was like it felt so real and it was really intense and very really? like I don't want to say it was scary, but it was very daunting. Mm. It was like alien invasion type daunting, oh, but God. they weren't necessarily evil aliens, but like it was no one knew really what was happening and everyone was like kind of freaking out and mm. you could like in my dream you could see into the ufos and kind of see the beings through like the window of the ufos oh, and that was really That's scary crazy. and and but i could see i was in my backyard and i could see all yeah. these ufos coming down but it was all different types of ufos and they were like That's right cool. in front of my backyard and wow. it was very intense but it also made me think that i want to ask you a question Hmm. So, have you ever had, like, a premonition dream? No, not with my dreams, no. I haven't really, I haven't had anything like that. My mum has had a few weird dreams, Mm. Um, but for me, no. Have you ever had any, like, premonition stuff outside of dreaming? Not really. There's mm. just been some very weird coincidences that have happened before. Um, right. Th- there's one that comes to mind, which um, I think my mum still has these, but mm. uh, my mum was doing, my mum used to be an art therapist and she oh. drew, well, yeah, drew this painting. Or oh, it wasn't even a painting. It was like charcoal or crayon mm. or whatever. And just drew these like particular circles of people around this circle like they were sitting in a circle and she drew all these lines everywhere like you would have no idea what you're looking at when you're looking at it and she didn't she was out at our therapy put it in the boot of a car came home and then I think it was a few days after I was just in the house drawing random shit Mm. and I was drawing me like comets or like meteorites I can't really remember what I was drawing, but it was just some, like, scribbling around. I was drawing yep. all these meteorites moving in to each other into a circle. Mm. And there was all these lines around and everything. And I remember mum looking at it and getting really angry at me. And she was like, why, what are you doing? Why are you invading? Cause she had, she thought I, I oh, went into the boot and went through stuff. all her, okay. all her, like, private like art, oh, uh, art therapy. Works and stuff, her therapy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. She's like, that's really invasive, you know, that you can't go into that folder. Like, that's just where all my. And I was oh. like, I, I, I swear, I have no idea what's going on. And she took it out and we compared it. And in the exact same position, Mm. the circles mm. the lines are in the same position that's amazing and she was like this is way too fucking weird yeah, like very I, I didn't strange. even do drawings like that either i, I was all just very mm. technical and cartoony yeah. and stuff but mm. 
That's the only thing that really comes to mind, which yeah. she, like, she still so talks So it was about. kind of like out of your um, – because I've seen your drawings and I love mm. them. And it's, yeah, very much not in that kind of – Not at all. Realm of, you know, art at all. That's, yeah. That makes it even more strange. But yeah, that's the, that's what she said as well. She's How like, this, you don't draw like that. Oh, Why I love that one. I'm like, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really had anything that I've predicted. What about you? Do you have anything like that? Yes, I have had oh. two experiences that are quite Ooh. outstanding. Um, the first one that ever happened to me was, so I think I mentioned like last episode that I used to do Irish dancing mm. and I used to travel around the country state to state doing competitions each year and I was in Canberra for like our state championships and I would have been maybe like 12 or 11 maybe at the time mm. and we got to our hotel to kind of like hunker down for the night and we went to bed and that night I had a dream about a girl that went to my school mm. um in kindergarten so many years before this time right. um she was only in our school for like one year like kindergarten mm. and then she left and i'd never ever seen her since then never even thought about her i wasn't right. friends with her didn't she never crossed my mind anyway this night at the hotel i had a dream about her for some fucking reason I had a dream about her huh. we woke up the next day and then we went downstairs to have breakfast yeah. and as we were going downstairs there's the fucking little girl oh, oh. Uh, you know she was my age but there's the girl yeah. checking into the <gasps> hotel oh i hadn't seen her for like what six oh, seven <laughs> years however long yeah okay that's creepy so that, yeah and i had never even i don't think i had ever even spoken to her yeah before. and she would have been like why is geordie staring at me yeah she probably didn't even like, recognize me yeah like because we only okay. were in kindergarten for one year yeah. and that's it. Um, and the second one, this is the one that's like the creepiest mm. and the weirdest, was that when I was about 18 or 19, my mom went away with a group of friends for a little trip away and one of the people that she was with was her best friend at the time. Mm. And my mom called me one morning and she was like, I've – got some bad news last night the girls and i went out for dinner and liz who was who is oh she liz is still around but liz was her best friend at the time she was like right. liz had a really bad heart attack <gasps> and they had to call an ambulance and take her to the hospital it was like the most serious heart attack Holy you can shit. have she almost died i think she did actually die at one point and Whoa. they revived her but the night before this happened I had a dream about Liz having a heart attack. So the night I had a dream at night and then the next morning my mum called me because Liz is kind of like oh almost like a family friend of ours. Yeah. So we're all very close to her and, yeah, oh and then Liz God. had a fucking heart attack. Then It's day, weird you can pick up on stuff like that. It's strange and I yeah. don't consider myself to be like a psychic person or, right. you know, um, any of that kind of shit i'm quite skeptical yeah. of like mediums and yeah, psychics stuff can't and even help you're like oh okay yeah yeah it's and you didn't even tell anyone so there's no one to like really influence no. you on that it's like no. i know i had that dream so. i know i had the dream it was like yeah. clear as day and i can remember it happening i can remember the dreams even now like very vivid wow. dreams and 
yeah, I can't think of any explanation oh. as to what would yeah. happen. But I think there has been a couple of other times where, like, things I have dreamt about stuff, mm. not, like, to that scale of, like, premonition, but, yeah. you know, things that I've dreamt about and then to, to a degree it's happened soon yeah. after. Yeah, I wish I had stuff like, I mean, I have very uh, detailed, vivid dreams okay. most nights. Hmm. Um but nothing really that's like stuck out. Stood My mum has yeah. had some pretty intense ones. She, mm. um, she was sleeping uh, at my auntie's house, and mm. she was having a dream that my granddad on my dad's side mm. was flying over the house that mm. she was sleeping in, and she was like, "Yeah, it was crazy. I remember him like flying over the house," mm. and she got woken up to her sister-in-law saying that oh. he just died. Oh, my God. So she was, like, seeing him after yeah, he had passed away. And she was like, I, okay, like, I was literally wow. just, yeah, he was really ill for a while. but Right, um, but still to kind of yeah. have it happen that night and, you that know, night, in that kind yeah. of particular dream as well. Does your mum yeah. have, um, I hope she doesn't mind us kind of talking oh, about her, but no, she, <laughs> maybe she, she loves, loves it. it. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be famous. Um, uh, does she, like, outside of dreaming, does she pick up on um, yeah. other things and... Yeah, yeah, she, she does. does. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, she always does have weird stuff going on. She mm. had another weird thing with Ivan Malat, which is interesting. <sighs> I've got to get more oh. detail on that because I know that that's going to, that'll intrigue a lot of listeners. <laughs> I <laughs> have a story yeah. about Ivan Malat. I'm going to say after this, but you, sorry, you keep oh, on going. Okay. You, you keep yeah, on, I mean, I've got to find, I want to make sure I've got it all correct, but she, yeah, he was living in the area that we mm. were living in before <gasps> he, he wasn't. got caught or before he <gasps> got known. Oh, scary. That she had, yeah, two kind of run-ins with him, but, like, one of them I remember she she had, like, a dream about him. She, mm. she, she didn't know who he was at this point. I don't think anyone knew what was going on. He wasn't on the news or anything. Right, right. And she was having a dream that she was in the forest mm. and she was with other people that were tired up. Oh, my God. And he was in the forest and he <gasps> was—he knew she was there and he kept looking at her and she just got f- so freaked out. And then I don't know if it was the next day or the day after, but she saw him on the news <gasps> and she was like, And she oh recognised him. Oh, my God, that's the man from my dream. Fuck. Then another time... We were in the shopping centre in mm. Campbelltown mm. where we grew up and he was outside the coals when the shopping centre was talking to this guy like in this really deep, angry conversation and mum looked over at him and she said he gave, he gave her that exact same stare that he did in her dream and she's <gasps> like, it fucked oh me up. Oh, my fucking like, God. <laughs> How that is so is that? intense. This is yeah. so funny because the story that I'm going to tell is about Ivan Malat fucking staring someone down oh, as he well. Must, yeah, I mean, he's psycho, so. He's, yes, yeah, and I think he knows better. that he, like, peeks people mm. out. So I have a friend who I don't know if he'd want me to, like, say his name, so I'm just going to keep him anonymous. Mm-hmm. I've got a good mate who he used to, we used to go to the same doofs together, so, like, mm. bush parties. We used to go mm. to the same bush parties, not together. This is, this happened before we'd ever met each other, but this right. party that he was at, um, 
one weekend. So he has this disorder where I think he has like too much collagen or something in his joints. And so he dislocates his bones or his joints very unintentionally, very easily. And he was, yes, he's like dislocated everything. Mm. Um, Anyway, he was at this party and he was on some pretty strong psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the time he was having, it was like a sword fight with, um, uh, like a foam sword with one yeah. of his mates and he must have like swung the sword in a certain way and he dislocated his shoulder <sighs> and so he had to get taken it may have been airlifted but i can't remember exactly Fucking but hell. whether it was airlifted or ambulance i can't remember but he was taken from hmm. the party to the hospital still on like quite strong yep, psychedelics okay. it's already a horror story so i don't know already a horror story it How gets much was fucking it? worse oh, no. <laughs> so they take him to the hospital and then they um put him on like mm. gas for pain once he gets to the hospital do they know and he's tripping i don't know yeah yeah i doubt it i yeah. don't i'd probably not mm. but maybe maybe like this is just you probably tell he would have needed pain relief anyway like yeah, whether he was on psychedelics or like or not but anyway so he was you know tripping balls mm. at, by this point he was on gas he was having a great time mm. he's at the hospital just like chilling out in bed in the bed, in the hospital bed, and he looks like, I'm pretty sure he, like, looks out the hospital room into the hallway, and Ivan Milat is sitting in a wheelchair, and he's handcuffed to the wheelchair, and he's, like, looking at my mate dead in the eye, and just, like, almost, like, staring into his soul, almost just trying to, like stare at him and freak him out. And so Ivan Malat was kind of, like, notorious okay. for getting out of, like, not escaping jail but taking time away from jail because yeah. he said he needed to go to the hospital all the time. And yeah. so this must have been, like, one of those times. And he, like, my mate reckons that he, Ivan Malat, knew that he was, like, on, could pick up that he was on, like, psychedelics and stuff and just yeah. wanted to, like, fuck, fuck with him, him. Yeah. and stare at him. But Holy yeah. Shit. Imagine being tripping, like, on that psychedelics, is... on gas, <clears throat> like, you know, kind of on a different <laughs> playing That's field. wild. And Ivan Malat is, like, a few metres away from you just, like, staring I... into your soul. That's the worst trip ever. Ever, one... ever, ever. Can't <laughs> I beat that. You actually I know. can't. I know, I know, That's yeah. So um, he's told me i've heard him tell that story a few times so it obviously af- affected him <laughs> to a degree yeah. you know oh my god but, yeah, okay it's a, so two similar malat in yeah that's that's Encounters, very interesting yeah. actually very interesting yeah, he's a piece of shit yeah fucking um, piece of shit well he was he's gone now he's dead oh yeah true he died yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> which you know <laughs> which is great that's but sad. also he took a lot of secrets to the grave with him, so oh, yeah, for sure it's a bit did. sad. Um, but anyway, uh, what do you have for us um, this week? Yeah, um, I've got a really interesting abduction case oh. from Brazil. So you from Brazil? Yeah. Oh my god, abduction! This is a really we, good one. We I haven't done this. like a proper abduction. Yeah. This is f- yeah. full-on abduction. Yeah, this is a wild one. Oh, What's your wow. one? I have no idea what you're no doing. No idea. No, no. So I've given away no hints this week. It's no. like a um, classic 
haunted house, I guess you could say. It's okay. like a very well-known um, story from America. It's like a classic kind of awesome. um, older eared, era um, uh, ghost story. But you, might, you may have heard of it before. Yeah, it is quite well-known. Sweet, but Ooh. it's very. It's like because a lot of my our own on a yes specific paths. This yes, week. It's good. yeah, yeah, and it's good because this one this this week I was like I want to do a story that kind of like sits on a linear timeline yeah. because a lot of my stories are just like I did like Nazis and the occult and that's not a timeline. Right. It's just like a general overview of a certain thing and then i did skinwalkers yeah. and that's the same and blah 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 like mm. you know i have i haven't done like a specific kind of like timeline on a yeah. story so i'm very excited to oh, to awesome. do that yeah i'm excited to hear it um well guys if if you if this is the first time you've listened to us um we have a lot of social media that mm-hmm. we would love you to follow so if you're interested we're on instagram facebook twitch youtube twitter tiktok Pretty much you can just search Spooky Mountain Podcast and you'll find yeah. us. Yeah, you'll on find pretty us. Much every platform, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> By now, I'm sure it's all yeah. of them. Our um, uh, Twitter and TikTok are now yeah. officially like active and. They're, yeah, yeah they're working. So we have been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks for Pandora to accept our podcast we're still not on pandora we're still waiting for them to submit our podcast so i'm really sorry to any pandora users that that you might not be able Mm. to find us on that platform but i've emailed them i've hit them up and they're not really that helpful (laughs) with their feedback so we're trying our hardest to get on that but yeah you can find us everywhere else yeah we've (laughs) got a link tree which is really helpful and we've also got this thing on there called speak pipes so if you want to leave us a little message if you've got a fun little story or just want to say hi that would be awesome oh i would love that i would love to hear little messages from from people that would be so sweet so many listeners from all over the place yep it's really nice to know that people outside of Sydney are listening yeah. to us. So yes. we would love to hear voices or even if you want to send in an email or DM. Uh, anything, any kind of communication. We would love we would yeah. love that, you know. And you can sure. tell us your own spooky story. Oh, my God, please do. Yeah. yeah. We're taking them in. Yeah. All right. Hit us, hit us with yeah. what you've got, Steph. I'm, I'm right. G'd up. I'm excited. Let's get into it. So this is a story about... Someone named Antonio Villas Boas. Now, I'm going to hopefully not butcher every fucking word <laughs> in this article. I was like trying so hard to write this out. Yeah. And you'll try words, your best. You'll we'll, try your best. We'll see how I go. Mm. Um, so, Antonio. Now, or Boas. We're going to call him Boas. Mm-hmm. He claims to have been abducted by aliens. And this was one of the first alien abductions. Um, that actually received international attention. This story actually happened before the Betty and Barney Hill case. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. So this really is like the first. Yeah. So Betty and Barney of- Hill happened in 1961 and this okay. happened a few years beforehand. Wow. So it all began in October 16th, 1957. Mm-hmm. So um, Boas was a Brazilian farmer who was working in a field located near São Francisco de Sales. De Sales. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked at night to avoid hot temperatures during the day. So on this night, 
He looked up in the sky to see a red star. It seemed to only get bigger and closer to him. It got so big that it could be completely recognizable and looked like a roughly circular or egg-shaped aerial craft with mm. a red light at its front and a rotating cap on the top. Oh, weird. Yeah. The craft slowly landed directly into the field and these three legs extended from it and pretty much placed it straight on the ground. Boa started to get out of there as fast as he could. He was like, mm. fuck this shit. He so he it. jumped on his tractor, but the lights of the engine failed pretty much straight away. So he oh, started fuck. to run on foot. As he was running, he was then footy tackled <laughs> by a tall humanoid <laughs> about one and a half meters or five feet tall. Um, it was wearing gray overalls and it had a helmet on. Its eyes were small and blue and was making weird noise. Weird noises like barks or yelps instead of talking. Mm -hmm. Three more ended up joining in and tried to hold him down. They dragged him all the way back to the craft. So yeah. pretty much kicking and screaming, but they mm -hmm. got him in. Now, once he was inside the craft, they began taking all his clothes off. They smothered his whole body in this really weird gel. Ugh. He was led into a large semicircular room and through this doorway that had lots of weird symbols written all over it in like red writing. He was then laid down and the beings took samples of blood from his chin using a very long needle. Mm -hmm. Then again, he was pushed away into another room where he sat alone for 30 minutes. He started to notice a weird gas was being pumped into the room. And this, ga this gas made him so violently ill. He was shaking, vomiting, mm. he couldn't move or stand up or anything. Shortly after this, another humanoid entered the room. Now, this one looked very much like the others. However, he could tell this one was a female. Mm. And she was very attractive <laughs> and completely <laughs> naked. <laughs> oh, sexy alien. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a little sexy, <laughs> sexy lady walking in. <laughs> So <laughs> she had a small pointed chin, large blue cat-like eyes, and very long platinum blonde hair that was pretty much white, he said. Right. She had underarm and pubic hair that were bright red, though. Strange. So, yeah, which is really weird. <laughs> um, Boa said he was extremely attracted to this humanoid, and he had sex with her Two times. Oh, yeah. double, so double trouble. I guess he wasn't feeling too sick. Oh, too sick. No, he's <laughs> feeling quite great. Yeah. <laughs> he was able so, to be distracted from the illness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so during this encounter, he noticed that she never kissed him. She was nipping him on the chin. Oh, oh where they drew the blood? Yeah. Oh, yuck. It's weird. It's, Yucky. Yeah. Yep. Now... <laughs> Once they finished their sexy time, the <laughs> female humanoid rubbed her belly and pointed upwards. Boas said that her intentions were quite clear. Mm. They were there to produce human-alien hybrids. <laughs> and obviously. Was, yeah, so obviously. <laughs> obvious. And she was going to raise them in space. She was going to have little space oh, babies up there. Space, okay. um, and after all of this, the female seemed pleased with the task it was all over, and then she just left mm. the room. Now, Boas was really angry with this whole situation, and he had been little more than a, quote, a good stallion for the humanoids. <laughs> <laughs> That's, 
That's one of my favourite quotes. Voice words. <laughs> no choices were made. Oh. How do you use that quote? It's so funny. <laughs> they then handed back his clothes and they took him back on a little tour around the, around the craft. During this, Boas claimed to have tried to take a little clock device as proof of what had happened, but they caught him and they were just like, no, you're not leaving with that. As, uh, yeah, he was then escorted off the ship and watched it take off into the distance. He then got himself home and realised that four hours had passed. A few days had passed since the incident and Boas had been suffering from nausea and general weakness. He was getting lots of headaches and strange lesions that appeared on his skin without any type of bruising. After realising this was not going away, he started to fear for the worst. So he contacted Jose Martins, who was a journalist. He found him as Jose had actually put an article in the newspaper looking to speak with people who had experiences with UFOs. So Martins interviewed Boas and after this he contacted uh, Dr. Alavo Fontes for much-needed advice. Fontes is part of the National School of Medicine of Brazil. Mm, okay. um, Fontes then contacted the American UFO Research Group, APRO. Um, now, after examining the farmer, Fontes concluded that he had, in fact, been exposed to a very large dose of radiation and was suffering oh. radiation sickness. Oh, shit. Quote, among Boas's symptoms were pains throughout the body, nausea, headaches, loss of appetite, ceaselessly burning, sensations in the eyes, um, <laughs> lesions and the slightest of light bruising, which went on appearing for months, looking like small reddish nodules, harder than the skin around them and protuberant, pro- protuberant painful when touched, each with a small central orifice yielding a yellowish, thin, waterish discharge. Oh, yuck. The skin surrounding the wounds presented a hyperchromatic violet-tinged area. Oh, that sounds horrible. It's like the most detailed, like... Exp- explanation of <laughs> what was happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, now, as I was saying at the start, that this was pretty much the first well-known case of abduction... Um, so the strange thing is Boas was able to go into absolute detail about the entire encounter and he didn't need hypnotic regression, which mm. heaps of abductees need to kind of go into their stories. So researcher Peter Rogerson doubts Boas' story. He notes that a few months prior to his abduction, there was a very similar story written in the very popular magazine, Okra Zero in November 1957. So he claims that Boas had actually borrowed a lot of similar details from that account. Right. Um, he also argues, quote, one reason why the why Boas's story gained credibility mm. was the prejudiced assumption that any farmer in the Brazilian interior had to be an illiterate peasant who couldn't make this up. Right. As, yeah. e- as Eddie Bullard pointed out to me, the fact that Villas Boas' family possessed a tractor put them well above the peasant class. Now we know, hmm. now know that AVB was a determinedly upwardly mobile young man studying a correspondence course and eventually becoming a lawyer. At 
which news a ufologist who had considered him too much the rural simpleton to have made the story up now argued that he was too respectable and bourgeois to have done so. Right, so So there's always an excuse. There's always (laughs) always a reason as to why it's not valid, yeah. You know, I'm sure we're all aware that, like, most of the scientists out there pretty much don't believe in abductions. They say it's always due to some abnormal phenomenal state. Yeah. But there are mythologies dating back thousands of years that Mm. talk about this sort of topic also. So, for example, in Sumerian folklore of 2400 BCE, there was a demon in either male or female form that seduces people in their sleep. And Saints Augustine and Thomas Aquinas wrote of the incubus and succubus demons that come during sleep to have sexual relations with unwilling humans as well. In 1896, H.G. Shaw had his encounter published in the California Daily Mail. <clears throat> Shaw claimed he had a friend, he and a friend were harassed by three tall, slender humanoids whose bodies were covered with fine hair who tried to kidnap the pair. So that's in the 1800s, that one. Yes. And then in so 19- it goes way back, even like thousands of years, hundreds of yeah. years, like tens, you know, like. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's like it really does keep going further back. Further, yeah. In the 1940s, John Robinson made an appearance on a popular overnight radio show to tell, quote, a dramatically spooky, if not very plausible, abduction tale. Robinson claimed that a friend of his had been held captive by the evil Deros between, uh, beneath the earth and to have been the victim of a sort of mind control via small earphones. So Ooh. this was in the 40s. Strange. Small earphones. Oh, yeah, they did not exist in the 40s. No. Yeah, not like even in the 50s in or the 60s. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Small earphones. So Yeah, okay, very interesting. What we're wearing. Yeah. In 1951, Fred Reagan's encounter was in the Flying Saucer Review. He claimed to have been flying his small plane and was struck by a UFO. The occupants who resembled metallic stalks of asparagus apologized and then tried to cure Reagan's cancer. What? Wow. Sentence. (laughs) Is so incredible. Metallic every, stalks of asparagus. Every detail about that <laughs> paragraph, a sentence is perfect. Oh, I love that description for aliens so it much. Reminds me of I don't know if you ever played Neopets, but it re- reminds yes. me of like a, yes. ne- a Neopet or something that should oh. exist. <laughs> Yeah, it's just such a weird thing. But yeah, then they're like, "Oh, so sorry to bumping into you. Let us cure your cure your cancer." As an apology, a short time after, anyway. Oh, they didn't cure cure his cancer, hemorrhage or something. Yeah, maybe cancer. Maybe they cured his cancer, but gave him a like brain hemorrhage. (laughs) True to the radiation. Yeah, true to the radiation. In 1955, uh, in the 1955 publication of Harold. T. Wilkins, Flying Sources Uncensored, declared that Carl Hunrath and Wilbur Wilkinsons, who had claimed they were contacted by aliens, and then they actually disappeared. They just completely disappeared. Oh, strange. Yeah. So, and Wilkins reported speculation that the duo were the victims of alleged abduction by Flying Sources. Hmm. Um, 
But yeah, so pretty much whether you believe in this sort of thing or not, you can't really deny how fascinating most of it is. Yeah, um, yeah very They seem to kind of all touch on the same elements as well. Yeah. There's always a kidnapping, weird invasive exams. Yes. The breeding, human-alien hybrids, weird body marks that are left on you as well. Mm. Um, but what ended up happening to Boas, so he actually later on became a, a lawyer, like a really good lawyer, he got married, he had four kids, he stuck with his abduction story throughout his entire life. Mm. He ended up dying in 1991, so oh, wow. stuck it out the whole time. For a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't um, succumb to his uh, radiation sickness. Yes, yes. And, yeah, I guess so this is one of the most, I mean, this one, when you look up alien abductions, it's this story of Antonio Villas-Boas and Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney, and yep. Yeah, and, and Betty and Barney Hill I always knew about. But yep. this one, I think, because there's no regression therapy, yes. that they can easily just be like, well, look, he's just obviously making it up which i i i don't know with abduction stories that it always this abductions always i don't know how i feel about them i don't know Uh, yeah it's hard going off like one person's kind of like recount of or account of what's happened because Mm. there's so many details that you miss out on like what else were they experiencing during their life at the time but also it's like Sometimes you just have to hear out a person saying, like, this is what happened to me. I know that this is what happened. Yeah. I have no doubts. I have a clear memory. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's all you have. And happened as well. So yeah, it's so like, he was young. That's not going to get you famous. Like, no. This doesn't no. get – yeah, it's a well-known story, but it's not like mm. he was a millionaire and, you know, <laughs> living the high life or anything. It doesn't really no, – No, And I guess, like – you know, with the whole thing, it's like, oh, there was another story that was very similar mm. and it, maybe he just took details from this story. But maybe there were, there's just aliens that exist in the universe yeah. that do this type of abduction and that's yeah, why there's more alien than... alien-human hybrids. That's... Yeah, they were, exactly. Yeah. I wonder what that gas was that... Um, I don't know. That sounds fucking horrible. Sexy gas really of some and kind. Just been having blood drawn out from your chin. Chin by a long needle as well. A needle. And, and then, then having a little lady nipping on you. Nipping at it. Afterwards. Oh. <laughs> it's so gross. And I wonder why. What is so special about the, the like chin blood that <laughs> that they need? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like there's easier ways to get. Good blood, blood from yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like that one. I've also never heard mm. of um of this story. Definitely heard yeah. of Betty and Barney because that's kind yeah. of like the um BOG the golden everyone. standard of yeah UFO abductions. I've actually like mm. considered telling that story, but it's like yeah. it's so well known that oh, it's, it's always a, a good one. It, yeah. It's a always lot of people good. still don't know it though. Like a lot of people, you know, don't really delve into the UFO side of things as well yeah. and just yeah. know every single like haunting there ever was. But, you know, yeah, so we might totally. have a bit of both listeners, which would be kind of cool to kind of cross everything. So it's good to do the classics. Yeah, classics are great. Yeah, this yeah. this is kind of what my story is. It's very much like part of the classic realm amazing um, i'm really excited for your one yeah it, it's it almost crosses into like legend um Ooh. but you know <laughs> even though there are kind of like legit um 
like accounts of this it does kind of almost go into legend as i said earlier you may have already heard of this before because it is a quite it's quite a well-known story Mm -hmm. and it's a um kind of like entity haunting witchy story Mm mm-hmm So my story begins in 1804 in Red River, Nashville, which is now known as Roberts, Nashville in Tennessee. In Red River, there was a house that sat on a section of land that was owned by a family called the Bell family. Have you heard of this story? Yes. 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 Awesome. Awesome. I love, uh, yeah. love, love this story. Me too. I I had always been aware of this story, but I feel like I say this every episode, but I didn't quite know like the ins and outs and the details and everything of the story. Yeah. It's so great. It's like one of the earliest yes, kind of like incredible. proper I only knew haunted about house. Like a year ago. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's such a great story. Anyway. Oh, I'm excited. So, uh, uh, hopefully I tell you some stuff that you didn't yeah. know. Probably not, but, yeah, Maybe. hopefully there's some details yeah. that, you, that you weren't aware of. Um, so the head patriarch of the family was John Bell, um, and he was married to Lucy Bell. They had met and become married in North Carolina before deciding to move to Red River in 1804 with ten other families. In those days, to move so far across the country was extremely arduous as well as dangerous because of the mm. uh, because most of the journey would be taken by foot or by horse-drawn caravan. Oh, yeah. And you had to trek across treacherous landscapes and harsh weather, and often there would be accidents and deaths during these moves. That's, so, yeah, that's so fucked. It's fucked. Like, I um, Googled the distance just generally, like, North Carolina yeah. to Nashville, and it's something like nine or 900 or 950 <gasps> kilometres, and it would take nine hours to drive. Oh, so my God. By, like, horse-drawn caravan and that's ten families would take. Yes, and that's just, like, a basic, like, distance let alone if one is on one side of the state and the other is on the other side of the state um yeah so when the family arrived in red river they moved straight away into their new home which by the standard standards of the day and even by the standards of today was a large and comfortable home Mm. and pretty much instantly john bell set out to work by creating farms and crops to support himself and lucy Mm. After a few years had gone by, his farm had really just blown up and had been very successful, which allowed him to further purchase more and more land and expand his business further, which created even more success for him and his wife. So they were killing it. They were very comfortable, you know, um, very successful. Mm. The couple's property ended up spreading across 328 acres and because of the degree of success from his business along with him being regarded as a very friendly person he became a very well respected man within his community he was seen as a hard-working and devout guy who would stick his neck out to help his people in the middle of all of this flourishing the bells began to also grow their family by having kids they had nine children all up which Mm. is a lot of Mm -mm. fucking kids jesse betsy esther zadok 
Joel, Richard, John Jr., Drury, and Benjamin. So that is like a shitload of boys. Like yeah. so many yeah. fucking boys. What, oh my two god. Two girls? Two girls. Oh my god. <laughs> two girls? Yeah, two girls. Eston. I'm pretty sure Zadik is a boy name. Oh, yeah, I'm getting boy. boy. Zadik. Yeah, same. That's a so, name that's probably going to come back into fashion, I've got a feeling. Zadik. I oh, probably already is. Yeah. <laughs> with like the woo woo. Yeah. <laughs> mums, crunchy mums and dads. <laughs> Uh, so the next part of this story starts in 1817, so about 13 years after they had arrived in Red River, and this is when things start to turn weird for the Bells. It all starts when John, who was one day hunting animals with a rifle on his land, uh, and during the hunt he came across, as he described it, a large wild dog with the head of a rabbit. He said it was covered in black fur and it was snarling at him. And because of this, his natural instinct was to shoot at the creature with his gun. Mm. After firing shots at the creature, he went to uh, where it was to see what was left of it. And he couldn't find any evidence of it ever even being there. No blood, no body, no fur, nothing. Nothing was there. Just disappeared. Uh, apparently John's sighting of this dog slash rabbit thing was the beginning of a series of events that would ultimately ruin their lives. On the very same day of this sighting, weird things began happening at the bell home. The family started hearing a lot of weird sounds from outside the house, particularly at night time. Sounds they had never heard at this house before. Actually, nothing weird had ever happened in their home before. They said that you would be laying in bed at night and you could hear stones being thrown against the house and walls, Mm. being hit with what sounded like fists or so. Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) Very violent sounds. Mm. They would run outside to see if they could make sense of the sounds, but they were never able to find anything to explain it. Along with the stone throwing, they would also hear doors being mysteriously opened and slammed, and they would hear what sounded like animals scurrying and pacing outside the house. Mm. Over the next few nights, uh, all of the activity became more and more intense. It got so loud and frequent that the Bell children weren't able to sleep because of the racket. It was just so loud. Imagine nine children that can't sleep. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) I can't deal with one child who doesn't sleep, let alone, like, nine mostly boys. Uh, As much as as it was unnerving and very, very strange, it honestly wasn't too much of a concern for the bells until things started to happen inside the house. Mm. They would hear what sounded like nails being dragged down the windows, doors and down the walls next to their ears while laying in bed, along with, again, very strange door slammings and animals scurrying, but this time within their hallways and bedrooms. Mm. The Bells really tried to just ignore what was happening in their house for as long as possible because at this point it was sounds and doors doing weird things. Yeah. But then after not too long, activity started to become physical with some of the family members and this is where the story gets a lot darker and a lot scarier. 
Still at night time, some of the Bell kids started to experience the covers of their bedding being ripped off them violently. <laughs> and, their, yeah, and their pillows being thrown across the room. On one of these nights, Betsy Bell, who was a teenager at the time, woke up to what sounded like rats chewing at her bedposts. This would also become a regular occurrence for most of the Bell children hearing this like rat chewing noise, That's but they didn't so have disturbing. like rats. In. It's so disturbing. Along with like the bedding being ripped off, this yeah. is something that is so scary. Like I lay in bed sometimes oh. imagining what it would be like yeah. if something ripped my bedding <laughs> off. So I'd, this I'd, is like terrifying. My brain would just shut off. Like I would just die. Me too. <laughs> oh, so I scary. don't know what I would do. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, this became a regular thing for most of the Bell children. Uh, when Betsy went to sit up, she realized that all of her long hair had been tied in knots around her bed frame and she was stuck. She was terrified and couldn't move due to being tied to the bed by her hair. Then she felt a force sit on her bed next to her, which then began violently slapping and punching her around the face and the head. So this thing was like truly, truly physical now, not just weird sounds, but it's like beating beating her up. Well, way different from last week's poltergeist. (laughs) Way different, way different. Hardcore, yeah. Um, She tried to... uh, she tried repeatedly to try and shield herself from the slaps and punches by covering her face with the bedding that did uh, remain around her. Mm. Um, but every time she did she did this, they were ripped out of her hands by the unseen force, which also began strangling her around the neck. The only thing she could do was scream out of fear and pain while she was still being tied to the bed by her hair. Her screams alerted her parents, Mm. and when they entered her room, they saw that she had swollen red welts and purple marks all around her face. Mm. This was the first time that one of the Bells had been physically attacked by the entity within their home, but it definitely wasn't the last more of the kids began began being physically harmed in this exact same way, ending up with bruises and welts all over their faces. More of the kids uh, began being physically harmed in this exact same way, ending up with bruises and welts all over their face. Fuck. Yeah, so it's getting really angry. That's really fucked up. Yep, super fucked up. Lucy Bell and John Jr. were, interestingly enough, pretty much entirely left alone and free from any kind of abuse from this entity, physical Mm -hmm. or non-physical abuse. Mm -hmm. After not long, all this activity started to grow and grow every night and day with new abuses being added all the time. The Bells also started to hear a female voice talking to them out of what sounded like just the air around them. Mm. When they first started hearing it, it was like a soft muttering with no clear words to be heard, so almost just like an indistinguishable muttering. Yeah. But with every day that passed, the voice became louder and clearer with more intelligible messages. The voice started, yeah, it's growing in power. Mm. <laughs> uh, the voice started singing hymns, 
repeating scriptures. Oh. And it also started referring to the family members by name. Oh, my God. That so is it's very not it's okay. smart. Yeah, not okay. Not okay. It became clear when the talking started that she had a vendetta against one family member in particular, John Bell. She would express that she hates John Bell and wants to kill him because John Bell is a very bad man. Mm. She would constantly hurl abuse at John and threaten his life and well-being. Oh, my God. The Bells were understand- understandably terrified of what was happening to them, especially John, and they really had trouble knowing where to turn for help. John was a respected elder of the Baptist church, mm-hmm. and they also lived in the middle of the Bible Belt. Mm. So shit was very, very religious around yeah. those parts. And to come forward with such allegations of ghosts and demons <sighs> could mean the very real possibility of him and his family being accused as witches. Yeah. yeah. So they tried their hardest to hide it from the church and the rest of the town. How fucked up to be dealing with something like that and not be able to talk about it. Totally. And, like, I'm not a religious person, Mm. but I could imagine as a religious person Mm. you would want to turn to your church for, like, ghost help because you feel like you're being attacked by something that kind of is, like, against I need something to protect me. My faith protects me. I can't go there. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it would be very hard. Um, so, uh, the whole family essentially just resorted to intense praying that would last all day, Mm. but this praying seemed to just make things worse and the entity would abuse them more and more violently during these sessions. Slaves of the house, yes, unfortunately they Mm. had slaves, said that they saw weird creatures uh, including huge birds and talking donkeys oh. around the property, okay. which kind of reminds me a little bit of Shrek <laughs> having a talking donkey. <laughs> yeah, talking donkey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if only it was <laughs> the donkey from Shrek, it would be a lot happier of a of a story. <laughs> Things got so bad that again, no one was sleeping. Uh, they were just desperate. John Bell had had enough and decided to reach out to his best friend and fellow elder, James Johnson, for help. James Johnson decided that him and his wife spending Mm. a night in the house to experience the activity for themselves would be the best first step. The night that they spent in the house was horrifying, to say the least. They experienced the exact same activity as the bells, bedding being ripped off them, being slapped in the face, and their bed being Mm. violently uh, shaken as well. It reached a point where Johnson uh, exclaimed out loud, what do you want, with no answer. But the activity suddenly just stopped. The mm. next morning, Johnson claimed the, the, that the activity within the house was that of biblical standards. Kind of, right. he was stating that these are like demons from the Bible that are okay. haunting your house. Knowledge of what was happening in the Bell home did eventually get out to the public, and people began passing in and out of the home to try and help the Bells rid them of what was in their home. Mm-hmm. One day, a group was in the house trying to make contact with the ghost, and they asked, what are you? And to their surprise, 
they received a response. The answer they heard was, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but now I have been disturbed and made unhappy. I am the spirit of a person who is buried in the woods nearby and the grave was disturbed. My bones disinterred and scattered and one of my teeth was lost under this house. Mm. I am here looking for that tooth. Oh, my God. Which I don't know what it is about teeth, but that is so much scarier than like, oh, my bone is under the house. It's like, no, a single tooth. One single tooth is is under the house. Like, it's like my uh, my tooth. No, a single tooth. (laughs) Yeah, that's very weird. Very strange. Mm. Another claim by the entity at a different time Mm. was that I am a spirit of everywhere, heaven, hell, the earth. I am in the air, the houses, at any place, at any time, have been created millions of years ago, which I find to be very haunting, that statement, (laughs) like millions of years old. Um, After these encounters, the property was inspected and it was confirmed, like any good ghost story, that there were actually indigenous burial Mm. mounds on the property as well as scattered bodies and bones throughout the woods nearby of Mm. these um like uh indigenous burial mounds yeah though the most notorious and remembered communication with this entity was when it was asked who it was by a different person Mm -hmm. it was claimed i am kate bats so just to go back in the timeline a little bit, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier in the beginning that the Bells travelled from North Carolina with 10 other families to Nashville. Yeah. So one of these families was called the Bats family. Right. And the Bats family were not as fortunate as the Bells. The patriarch of this family was named Frederick Bats, and Frederick had a wife named Kate Bats. Oh. So, the name that came up by this entity is the same name as Frederick's wife, like Kate Batts. So, sadly, Frederick had become severely injured at one point in a serious farming accident on his property. Mm -hmm. And this accident actually left him just totally disabled. Mm -hmm. And this completely devastated the Batts family as now there was zero income for food, Mm. clothing, or anything else, really. When things became extremely financially dire for the bats, Frederick resorted to selling parcels of their properties to survive, and one of the buyers of their property was John Bell. Ah. Yeah, so we're starting to get a connection Uh here. John Bell got a really sweet deal on this property. Mm -hmm. The bats were absolutely desperate for money, and so... Frederick was essentially giving it away at any price out of desperation. Oh, my God. And he – Bell would have paid any price anyway. Oh. And he – exactly, because like, he was he loaded. Like, he had all the money. It didn't matter. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he got a really sweet deal. Um, yeah, the bats were desperate for any kind of money. So they, they were essentially, you know, mm-hmm. giving it away for free, like, for anything. Um So, even though Kate was aware of this transaction, she was totally against it, uh, believing that they were being ripped off by John Bell. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. They were penniless and now also without land. Mm-hmm. She felt like John Bell was taking advantage of her family, mm-hmm. especially her disabled husband, and she thought that the land that was sold was worth a lot more than John had paid for it. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yes, yeah. And despite John's reputation as being a real top bloke, it definitely does seem like he took advantage of the situation mm-hmm. and the bat's misfortune. Yeah. So, you know, Bell has like this reputation of being like this fantastic guy and a real yeah. fantastic so elder. Certain people, and, he's a good guy. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm sure this is kind of what made the the bats even more mm. like mad about the situation was that he, everyone's like, oh no, he's such a great guy, and then he like rips this family off, yeah. you know. So this whole thing really upset and angered Kate and she was so distraught by it all that she swore she was going to make the Bell family pay for what they had done. Mm-hmm. So due to this intense and ongoing altercation, John Bell's name along with his family's reputation was really becoming tarnished around town, mostly due to the bats sp- spreading bad rumours about yeah. them. Uh, as much as the townsfolk began to not like John Bell and his family because of this, mm-hmm. they equally didn't like the bats, the batses, the bats, yeah. <laughs> the, ba- yeah, the, bats- the bats, <laughs> the bats. <laughs> but uh, out of both families, the one who, the one person that really copped the brunt of the blame was Kate Bat. Mm. She was a very strong woman as well, especially since her husband's accident. She pretty much had to become head of the house. And back in those days, people did not like this type of uh, independence coming from a woman. They, they, like, women weren't even allowed to, like, read and shit, you know. Mm. They called her obnoxious, boisterous and loud. She also very much wanted to be in the know of her family's finances, which really was so unheard of and looked down upon back oh. then. It was a man's job to con- control the house, the money, everything. Uh, women, a woman stayed back listening to her husband's commands and just looked after, yeah, so after well, the kids. Well, my husband can't much. work, so someone's got to fucking do it. This is why the main reason, apparently this is the main reason why she did it was because her husband was not able Mm. to, but still everyone was just like, eh, you know, you're obnoxious. Um, So because of this image that Kate had, a lot of people within the town thought that she was actually practising witchcraft. As we've seen throughout Mm. other eras er eras of history, there is a pattern of demonizing women who aren't just totally and completely submissive Mm -hmm. as being witches. So Mm -hmm. I don't straight away want to condemn Kate as being a witch. Yeah. It definitely could have just been that she was different to other women in the town, being more certain and sure of who she wanted to be in the world and also out of necessity Mm. due to her husband's disability. But on the other side, there are a lot of people who think that Kate actually was really a witch practicing witchcraft. Yeah. Um, many people in the town actually blamed her and her witchcraft for Frederick's disability. They said that God was punishing them for her deceptions. Hmm. So now we head back into our haunting of the bells. Yeah. Uh, after the entity's claim of uh, being named Kate Bat, it was very much believed that uh kate bat had cursed the house and the family due to her bitterness towards john and the dispute that they had not to mention this 
uh, entity that was now being known as the Bell Witch was particularly fond of targeting John, mm. which absolutely aligned with their view of Kate being mm. a witch with a ven- vendetta against him. Soon, uh, soon enough, John actually became afflicted with a paralysis of his face and oh. his, to- his tongue actually stopped working <gasps> as well. Oh. Yeah, he began going downhill fast because he wasn't able to eat properly or mm. function properly or look after himself. He became bedridden and he became really just a shadow of the successful farmer and respected elder that mm. he used to be. His progression downwards became more extreme. He would still also hear the voice of the bell witch taunting him wow. and telling him that we sh- that she was killing him wow. and she was the one harming him. So she was still t- <laughs> telling him She's not what letting she was it go. doing. Yeah. And on December 20th, 1920, the bell witch's wishes came true. John Bell took his last breath and his family found him dead in his bed, mm. cold and stiff. John was 70 years old, but really only experienced uh, his symptoms for a few months before his death after a lifetime. Yep. After a lifetime of extremely good health, living life on the farm and eating and living well. So. Wow. That was quick. Yeah. Quick downfall. Mm -hmm. Um, even in these times, this was considered strange. Yeah. Um, after John's death, his son, John Jr., found a small vial of thick black liquid in the cupboard next to where his father had been bedbound and eventually passed away. Mm. It was suspicious, and they decided to test this liquid on a poor cat to oh. see what yeah. happened. I'm sorry, Steph, I know you're yeah, very right. much a cat person. <laughs> And <laughs> within the hour, the cat was dead. In an hour. Within oh, an God. hour. And they realised that the liquid was poison. Mm. It's not known who owned or used the poison, but there is a theory that one of the Bell's slaves mm. may have poisoned him, okay. which kind of, like, makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, there is also a rumour that some of the... Um, the family members heard the voice of the bell witch claiming, I killed John Bell. I killed John Bell not long after his death. <laughs> but this is one like, of Yeah, I killed him. Like, I, I killed John Bell. <laughs> yeah. This almost reminds me of um Bellatrix Lestrange when she sings, I killed Sirius Black. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you watch yeah. Harry Potter, but when she <laughs> kills Sirius Black, it reminds me when she does that. So, um, after John's death, it seems that the Bell Witch just disappeared, seemingly satisfied with her end result being fulfilled, uh, but apparently not before claiming one night in her eerie voice that whispered, I will be back in seven years. (gasps) Shockingly, the remaining Bell family still living in the house claimed that seven years later, the witch did in fact return with the same weird noises, physical abuse, (gasps) bed shaking, etc. So she Mm. was back with a vengeance. No way. Uh, Yeah, she just returned seven years later. 
Some of the Bell family members who still live in that exact area of Nashville today claim that the witch never even left and is still there Fuck now haunting that. the remaining family. Whoa. Yeah. So she's a vengeful bitch. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, in amongst all of this, uh, and believed to be after John Bell's death, mm. future American president Andrew Jackson actually made a trip to the property at some point mm -hmm. to experience all the activity that he had heard so hmm. much about as now the house and the family had become pretty much famous, mm. especially after John's passing. Yeah. Apparently, Jackson became so scared of what he experienced when he stayed in the house that he left after one night at the <laughs> residence. He said, quote, I would rather fight the entire British army single-handedly than face the Bell Witch one more time. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... I'll just quickly mention that apparently Andrew Jackson was an absolute douchebag and the worst oh, and most racist president okay. to ever be in charge of that country, which oh, is Jesus. saying a lot. So I All don't right. fully take his word for truth, but mm. also, as we've heard, there was a lot of activity mm -hmm. at the house, so it could wow. be true. Wow. Yeah, so it was never verified whether Kate uh, Bat was the force behind the Bell Witch or even if she even practised witchcraft. Mm. She definitely had real reason to hold a, grunge, a grudge against the Bells, but there is a chance that poor Kate was just being vilified for being a strong woman. Mm -hmm. These are days where only a century ago women were being hanged for yeah. being accused as witches. And now that this punishment was outlawed, maybe this is the next best execution mm. to be shunned by your community and deemed as a hag and a witch that causes bad things to happen to others. Yeah. Even after exploring all the vec the victims of the Bell Witch, I do kind of feel like Kate Batts was the true victim of the whole story. Mm. Yeah, I feel really sorry for her when yeah. you think about what she's gone through. Uh, the poor, the poor family that the Batses, the whole family, family. Up. Oh, she had it yep. all. Yep. Like, she had to suffer and get through it all. Yes, everyone yep. around yep. her was just like pointing at her, just going "fuck you, you're yep. annoying." And oh, so many levels of heartbreak. I mean, look, I think that amount of um, hate could do something to you in the afterlife, you know, oh, and, sure, and turn her sure. into this yep. weird spirit where she's just like, I'm going to fucking Seeking kill revenge. you, John. <laughs> like Totally. But, but this is the thing, like, so that, yeah, like so many different aspects of like poor Kate because mm. first of all, the heartbreak from your husband having this accident, mm. that alone would break your heart. Yeah. But then also it's like, okay, now we have to find money. Kate's got to run run the house. And then mm -hmm. she's taken on all this extra baggage yeah. of, like, having to um, run the house. And then she's vilified for that, for taking can't that do on. Right. No. And then there's fucking John Bell taking advantage uh, of her, like, situation. And, oh, my God. Yeah. It's such so a apparent. story. Like, it's, it's just such so a great interesting. Story. Like. It, there's so many, um, like, aspects of it mm. that are interesting as well, I think. Like, so many details that are really fun. Yeah, yeah. Sad, but fun. To hear something <laughs> so um, 
violent and hands-on as a ghost yes. or entity is crazy yes. you don't hear about that as often and yeah no, i know that no. this story is so well documented and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just it's fascinating it's great it's fascinating and pretty much from like the moment that it happened mm-hmm. it became really well known around oh, the country and ever since it's been well known yeah. so it became famous when it happened and what it yeah, began in like true. 1817 was it like 1817 or something like that and ever since mm. it's just not let go yeah. of that like infamy of you yeah. know of what this happened probably been getting more and more famous more and more famous but mm. it's truly like the og oh, like for sure. haunted I had that on my story. list. I was like, someone's got to do Bell Witch. And I was like, I know like, do Joy yeah. knows about the Bell yeah. Witch. It's so great. Oh, and it was so fun to kind of write out that timeline because it's yeah. so, like, definitive as mm-hmm. well. So I was like, oh, you just kind of get really, um, like, sucked into this yeah. story with a great timeline. I love and, the you know, the details of the altercation. Kate Bats, when that comes in, it's like, Anyway, now there's this woman called Kate Batts. And Kate like, Batts, what? yeah. Ooh, who's Kate it's Batts? so good. Yeah. Oh. There's a, another quick point of the story mm. that um, after John Bell bought that property from the Batts, um, one of the Batts' children, who was a lawyer, right. actually took John Bell to court for, oh. f- oh, not fraud, um, for something. Mm. And John Bell didn't even know that he was being taken to court and didn't turn up um, to his court date because he just didn't know that he was being taken to court. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, That's another so fun good. little fact of the story <laughs> that I, I couldn't quite find a spot to fit yeah, that in. Yeah, that's so. it. Yeah, I'll leave that one for after. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, glad. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm glad that you already knew that one because it kind of makes it a little bit more exciting. I only heard I, – I'd listened to a podcast – on it about a year ago the astonishing legends podcast they did it in like a two-part series i'm pretty sure but that yeah it was the first and last time i heard about it i listened and i was like oh my god Mm -hmm. and that was probably Mm -hmm. a year or just over a year ago so it's good to hear about it all again because i couldn't yeah. really remember it until uh, we were all saying it. Yeah, yeah, it's a long story as well, mm. so it's kind of like very easy to forget to what happens. Yeah, yeah. heaps jam-packed with detail. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was two fantastic stories yeah. this week. Awesome. Yeah, that was uh, great. Oh, well, uh, I think we may have kept it at about an hour or so. Maybe. This week, or maybe a little bit over. A little bit over. <laughs> Steph and I are trying to kind of like get a handle on our chit chat yeah. <laughs> before we start our stories because we get very carried away. We get talking, very carried so. away. I'm sure you all know that. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Loved doing this episode. And let us know if you love it as well by leaving a review. That would be Please much appreciated. Please leave us a review. Means uh-huh. a lot. We're going to remind you. Yeah, yeah, we have to remind you, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we'll read them out. Week, so if you leave you. us a review, we'll always read it out. Um, yeah, we'll give you a shout out yeah. if you leave us a review. Anyway, we'll uh, speak to you All right, week. we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
This episode of Spooky Mountain was created and recorded on land of the original custodians, the Gundungurra and Bidigal people. We pay respects to the past, present and emerging mob. My name is Geordie and I'm a proud Gunya woman. Thank you for listening.